Hubble Bubble, Toil and Trouble, Kitchen Horror and Firesider, I suppose, is what we're going to talk about today, because we talk in Kitchen Horrors, I think. Is that right? I don't really know what Kitchen Horror is. Is this, is this Kitchen Witchery, something like that? I think that's what you were going for, yeah. I think I said a phrase about being a whore in the kitchen. Ah, uh, something about meatballs. Something about meatballs? Yeah, you know, what? the uh, Sicilian meatballs. That's magic in itself. Okay. You know what they do to meatballs, don't you, in Sicily? Keep their husbands loyal to them. Oh, 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 yeah, why did you have to go there? <laughs> because one would say that's magic. Others would say, no, it's just gastronomy and it just adds to the flavour. But I'm pretty sure they do it for both reasons, because it adds to the flavour. What, does it just give a bit more iron or minerals or something to the meal? I, I'm not sure. And then also, it's the magical side of things. Like a certain someone asked me what crystal to put in their husband's sock drawer to keep him loyal. I said, honey, no fucking crystal's going to keep that man loyal. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the phrase. They want, uh, they want a lady in the kitchen and a whore in the bedroom. Oh, a lady in the kitchen and a whore in the bedroom. So what are we talking about then? Are we talking about the the lady and talking about herbal magic and remedies and kitchen witchery? Or are we talking sex magic again and talking about the whore? What would you like to talk about? It's better than the do... camp. I think we should <laughs> I think we should do both. But I don't we feel like we, we have to keep talking about menstrual blood in meatballs. Is really not what we we need to be talking about, Liam. I didn't mention menstrual blood, Chris. I merely alluded to its use. Yes. Well, I just clarified it permanently. Now, you Wiccans, if you're listening, get your book of correspondences out and under the meatball section, <laughs> write that now. As we all know, if you're not currently menstruating, then you can just trade something for that. There was this, I heard there was a certain ceremonial magician that was going around and trying to trade things for a young lady's menstrual blood. And oh. I'm not sure whether that's the best practice in the world, but apparently it did work he was going to one of these people that just picked on the Wiccans, the young and Wiccan initiates, you know, that don't really know. So do I need this raw material, please? What do you want for it? And people were actually giving, giving him their stuff. Were they just handing him a moon cup? I don't know if I'm honest with you, but I'm presuming <laughs> that they were young and gullible and therefore were actually, you know, handing over the real life thing. Right, so were we talking about the whore first, or are we talking about the lady in the kitchen? I think we start with the lady. We can start with Lady Poison, I guess, if you want, and talk about Keefe. Well, a Lady Poison has two kitchens. She does. Because Lady Poison has an alter ego. I'm not going to tell you who, who the alter ego is. It's kind of like a Batman Bruce Wayne thing. So Lady Poison is the Batman side. 
And then the Bruce Wayne side is, a, is another name, right? a mundane name, because Lady Poison has a mundane self. It might not be the most mundane self in the world, but it's as mundane as she gets. And these two people clearly need two kitchens. You know, we've got your poison kitchen, which is what I like to call Lady Poison's lair, because mm -hmm. it really is like a lair. Like, it's almost, it reminds me an awful lot, actually, of... Um, Eglantine from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, you know, the witch where she gets her broomstick in that and she's all excited. So she rushes in through the kitchen, unlocks this door, goes down another one, unlocks another door and goes into another <laughs> one. creepy workspace in the back of the yeah. house. Yeah. That is exactly what it's like in Lady Poison's Lair, you see, because there's like yeah. a kind of almost... What is that? Is that a cupboard or something in the corner of the dining room and you open it now, it's another little corridor and then you go beyond that. <laughs> and there's many things. It's not just one room in Lady Poison's lair. It's actually multiple rooms, you know. And a lot of these witches will be well gel, very jealous, because some people love the idea of having a witch room. Imagine if you had a corridor of witch rooms. <laughs> witch I mean, rooms. Yeah, that's how like serious our Lady Poison is. So she'd be the lady in this. But I thought that we were supposed to be taking the piss because Lady Poison's a proper witch, isn't she? She does, like, proper kitchen stuff. She don't read these green witch books where they, you know, teach you to make a little bit of incense <laughs> out of some <laughs> coriander <laughs> that's gone off from your spice rack, urban spice rack, that you got given for Christmas, like, five years ago. For someone they moved in the house 20 years ago is often really the closer to the truth, Liam. I don't think it's much Christmas in a couple of years. It's when I when I bought this house, um, I was given that spice rack and I've never used it since. <laughs> and it's normally one of those those round ones that is on like a little, little turn Charles style. Charles Frank, yeah. 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 OK, now you can actually make incense from a lot of these general herbs and spices and stuff that you get from your local tesco or walmart if you're american did that was that good american it wasn't that good was it no it wasn't it wasn't walmart. good at all walmart walmart that's what they call it isn't it it's like their it? equivalent of a tesco or an asda you know the place you go if you want all that gmo food <laughs> Hey, Walmart is so much more <laughs> than just a supermarket. It's what—it's kind of what Tesco tried to be a few years ago. You know, when you go in and they've got an opticians in there. Oh, right. Yeah, these big... Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. It's yeah. more like that. Okay, so they almost tried to turn it into a little shopping centre type thing and have all of these businesses that come along and basically rent out a little cupboard, uh, which pays for the no, cost no. of... No, not not quite like that. As in, like it's all they're all Walmart, but it's just a case of kind of, I suppose, more like Debenhams, where there's just oh, okay, I see, right. So there's the the there's the kind of cooking section, and then you go down there, and they've got a sports and recreation centre, and then <laughs> section, and you know you can get everything from Walmart. There's, I don't mm. think I think it's more that. 
anyway we're just talking about walmart now and we haven't we're not being paid no royalties or nothing so come on yeah this ain't the illuminati episode chris come on we've got to save that for the the, the mcdonald's one <laughs> it's on the list archers, i think that one's been that's it golden archer or maybe golden the price archers. is ike we could save it for the price is ike one as well <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some people look at the reference, others will have to wait for when that podcast gets recorded and released. But there we go. So, Kitchen Witchery, there is there is this... I never really realised this, partly because, you know, I'm not a massive fan of books. It was actually the Lady Poison that didn't um, bring this to my attention, where she said, if you really want to learn anything to do with herbs, never ever read a witchcraft book. And particularly, don't read one that's published by an American because they're shite. And I have to say, most of them are published by Llewellyn and therefore are clearly shite anyway. But reading through some of these books, it's very clear that they are a little iffy. And when I say a little, I mean sometimes very much a lot iffy when it comes to the herbal side of things. Because they love their magical correspondences. But what can be a little bit worrying is when they start doing herbal medicine and the medicinal use, where you're actually taking the substance into your body or making salves and things like that. Because putting a bunch of stuff on a candle can be dangerous. Going and picking stuff can be dangerous. But what often is very dangerous is when they try to create these little formulas and things and have these would-be kitchen witches go and recreate it and i'd say that actually i think education when it comes to herbal medicine is really quite bad you know i think there's a lot of resources yeah. out there but there doesn't really seem to be a beginner friendly this is all you need to know and believe you me i've looked i've got more herbal books than any other type of book in fact if you took all of my herbal books there'd be more herbal books than every other book i have i like to collect them it's a fascination of mine it's a weak area for me that's why i've got so many books on the subject because i find it all quite fascinating mine i think is i've i must say i'm the same i've got far too many kind of herbal books and it's because they all say different things yes there's a there's an over there's an overarching feeling that most of them come back from the cold pepper so mm. i think almost yeah. all of them use the cold pepper as a reference but actually ultimately they all say different things um or have different perspectives on them which is kind of you know i kind of expect that because like we say from the intuitive method of kind of going, well, actually, these will do different things for you. Medicinally, though, you kind of expect them to be a bit more uniform. Um, that they should, you know, release particular um, toxins or particular things to support ailments, um, the right enzymes being released or a chemical constituents you kind of feel like they must all have a specialism but it's almost like they overburden it by possibilities rather than actual answers like it's almost like well at one uh, on one patient i managed to fix this 
on another patient, I managed to fix this. And so therefore just listed all those ailments. Does that make sense? To me, there's a big distinction between the herbal and the herbalist books, which are the proper herbals, and the witchcraft books. With the witchcraft books, it very, very much is, to me, it is a sense of, well, I suppose, you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, none of the books actually say this, but this is what my interpretation of this is. Back in the day, cunning folk, they used to do actual magic and it was necessary. Nowadays, all we do is dress up and play. So I suppose we should put something in that mirrors the type of practice real life witches used to do back in the day. Um, because they can dress up their candles and put their crushed velvet on and stuff like that. But I suppose we should give them a little bit of a something that is a mirror to what actual fucking magical practices or cunning folk arts in particular. Because that's all these things. That's what they all try to emulate. Isn't it? So oh, we'll stick a salve recipe and something like that in it. And maybe we'll talk about essential oils or something. You know, and it feels like a bolt on to a lot of these books. Um, with our where is just a chapter on herbal medicine and I don't like it because it doesn't really teach you it says okay here, here's a tincture what you do what you do tincture get get a, a nice empty jar that's clean get get some herbs this herb's good put that in fill it with alcohol you get from the shop oh quite good proof alcohol and then shake it every day shake it every day and I'm gonna be different and you know that I'm a really good reference. Is good. So I'm going to tell you to put a little bit of brown paper, a little bit of brown paper between the lid and the actual alcohol on that. Because if you've got a metal lid, it kind of goes, oh, oh, yes, I'm putting that in because it makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about and there is good advice. But at the same time, you don't go no further than that. And I've heard many people say that. Oh, they've come up with some brilliant tips about putting brown paper on. I'm like... I don't know a single herbalist or person that has a basic understanding of herbal medicine that doesn't know that that's probably a good idea. Even people that make fucking jam know that, right? So this witchcrafty book, they are the last people that probably would even use a herbal first aid kit because they just go to the doctors. They're also the last people that would be <laughs> You probably uh, want treating you if they're getting random shitty little salves out the back of a witchcraft book that are probably full of all sorts of crazy stuff. Now the herbals, the where the herbals go wrong is the same way the grimoires go wrong. Is that people think a grimoire, that's for someone to teach someone a system of magic. A herbal, that's supposed to teach someone how to use a herb and such. But that's not the case. It's for the initiated. Both grimoires and herbals are for the initiated. You need to have an understanding of what you do and the actual parts. The stuff that you put in a grimoire, the stuff you put in a herbal, are the things that you think, oh, I'm not going to remem remember that. I'm not going to remember that, so I'll record that down. That's why they read like notebooks with a page or a couple of pages for each herb and stuff like that, or illnesses and, and that sort of thing. You actually spend more time understanding the body, understanding the diseases, the illnesses and such, and then understanding the herbs. And the, actually, herbals are probably not going to help you because if you start picking your way through a herbal and picking random things and mixing them together because, oh, well, that's quite good for blood, it says. 
<laughs> he literally says this on them, good for the blood, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, some of the more modern ones, like the really modern ones that have only come out in the past two years or so, I find them still pretty bad. They give you more of an, uh, an explanation of how you might use something, but that is not teaching people that I think can really get to grips and understand what they're working with. Because I think when it comes to herbs, herbal medicine and anything like that, you should be um, basically know a lot about a little than know a little about a lot. Generally in real life, you know, it's a good idea to know a little bit about a lot of things. Maybe you specialise, that might be it. But ultimately with herbal medicine, I think, because there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong if you're actually using it for medicinal purposes, I think getting to know your herbs and getting to know your ingredients and your processes is paramount. And even if you understand, just focusing on, like the last thing I made was a muscle and joint rub, right? Even if you just understand what a muscle and joint rub is supposed to do, which is very important, mm. what it is that it does on the body, the effects that it has on the body, what formula you're using for that, and then additional formulas, comparing and contrasting them, and then what the ingredients in each formula is for, and that. Instead, what I'm seeing with a lot of herbals is cookie cutter type ones where it's just like, oh, well, this is a decent one for that. And that's why I'm so addicted to, to getting them because I always want to perfect my formulas, mm. which, of course, to a certain extent you can, but then it's all about the individual, you know. I'm but the thing is, do you, not think, do you not think that it's because we're at that level the same way when a chef buys a cookbook? They're just kind of looking at somebody else's ideas for inspiration and kind of going, oh, I see what they're trying to do there. It's more a kind of uh, wet the appetite kind of um, almost voyeuristic way of working, of kind of going, oh, I wonder what they've done for that. Oh, I wouldn't put that in there. Um, and comes from that kind of go, uh, kind of seeing where somebody else has got to. Um, and then, like you say, perfecting someone else's process. Because, again, you, we're talking about initiated-based learning here where you're kind of going, do you know enough to flick through a herbal book and kind of go, oh, okay, I can see what they're trying to do there. Uh, I would take that out and put this in or get rid of half of those things and put something else in. Because that's the, like I find when I go in a cookbook you you flick through to oh okay what have they done with their kind of classic recipes if that makes sense and then you kind of judge the book based on what they've done with the kind of classic recipes oh i always yeah i always judge a herbal by something that you know so if you want to buy a book on a subject whether it's herbal or whatever it is what i always do is i turn to the chapter or the page that has the thing on it that I know a fair amount about. So if there's a herbal, I always choose nettle and look up nettle because I look at how much information yeah. they've got on nettle in there. And if they've got a lot of information, that's good. If they've got more information than I knew, 
I'm probably going to buy the book. If they've got a lot of information in there, but I think, well, that's a bit dodgy, that's a bit iffy, then I kind of use that as a, well, this is what they're saying about net, or I'd rate that as a five out of 10, you know? Is it worth me buying it? No, probably not for the other things. Um, but I'm sure I think you can guess what mine would be. The, the, the teaching aspect is where I find mm, it's a little bit iffy. Um, so there's this, there's the Handmade Apothecary, which I've got on Kindle, and the Herbal Remedy Handbook, which I've also got on Kindle. And I bought these because they're, because I was trying to research more and more herbal medicine stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I like the formulation stuff. I don't really care about healing people and getting better. I'm more like the Dr. House is a puzzle for me. I don't really care if the, <laughs> I'm not doing out of the goodness of my own heart, <laughs> basically. Um, but with a lot of things like that i want to think well i really want to understand this process i really want to understand how the hell does the tincture work you know what are the what how much alcohol do i need to do because the first ones they just say i'll oh, just get some you know bottom shelf vodka other ones it's like well there's a certain amount you know you've got to extract chemical constituents and things out some of it can be extracted in water some of it can be extracted in oil some of it can be extracted in alcohol and then you can mix things together and all that and it just gets more and more and more and more complicated but what i always think when i judge something like this is how practical is it in terms of actually learning it and utilizing it because most of the herbals i find are not very useful in the modern age even these modern herbals modern herbal dispensary all of that sort of thing even the one about first aid and stuff like that that i've got they've normally got like chapters on first aid and i kind of think with the average person that's buying this book be able to make any of this would they know any of this and when it comes to the witchy books is it good enough what they're putting in these witchy books the advice and all of that sort of stuff is it in any way shape or form practical i mean would it be the sort of thing that you would find the old wise woman using or bestowing that knowledge on the next generation or something like that and a lot of the time i find that it's not really i find that it's just again rehashed correspondences yeah i think i think they depend on because i think that's also why there's so many you have the kind of herbals that are designed for the i suppose gardeners the kind of green <laughs> to use tiktok or uh, instagram words to the green witches the ones that want to sit in the garden growing herbs mm. um and not really doing anything with them you've got those kind of ones which are really about identification and kind of how to grow at home kind of approach you've got those that always approach it from a kind of i want to say crafty kind of point of view which is the kind of oh which ones look pretty when they're dried mm. um and which ones can i use to make you know poses and you know, where you just not you're not taking the herb in that mm. they're being used externally, kind of aromatically, and then you kind of have the group that are a kind of the the imbibers, so the herbalists and the cooker, the culinary, that are both looking for how what, in what way can I take this in, um, 
And I feel like depending on who the writer is, you will get one of those distinct flavours of is this a book that's designed for people, um, you know, taking it internally? Is it for people that kind of want to use it, but they want to use it from an aromatic point of view? Yeah. And then um, and then the group that obviously want um, to just grow it and be around it. Um, and my favourite ones are ten tend to be the gardener ones. I feel like I learn more out of those mm. than I do out of the others. But those ones don't tend to tell no. you the formulas um, of anything. Like they don't tend to include recipes in any way, shape or form. But they will give me really great ideas of, oh, hadn't thought about using it that way. I wonder what would happen if I did this with it. Um, so for, I think from a witchy perspective of not wanting to take it into, necessarily into your body, um, but wanting to use it from a correspondence point of view, I think the gardener's book is probably the best one for you if you're never actually going to work with a tincture or, a, um, you know, and you don't actually need a formula, then the best ones you're going to find are the gardener's ones. So whatever the Royal Horticultural Society is saying about them is going yeah. to probably give you a better understanding of how to use them in your practice. Um, whereas I think we tend to go for the kind of apothecary based ones the ones that kind of go um this is good for treating these symptoms and here's why um what i find is you get one of two options it either doesn't give you a formula the formula but will tell you its constituents so mm. we'll kind of go this is high in this um and you're kind of like okay but where's your conversion chart for me to actually understand what you're talking about yeah and i think part of it is down to the fact that actually it's almost impossible because depending on the situation of where you're growing it will depend you know climate water all those factor in to what the percentage would be um and i think they avoid it from a legal point of view i don't think it's got anything to do with knowledge and it's more to do with that well actually if you wanted this information um you'll go and look in a medical journal, which is where we end up having to go, isn't it? Fishing through uh, medical journals for specific articles about a particular chemical that you're trying to get out of one. Because otherwise, they won't publish it because it, there's too many variables to, uh, to actually, not to defend them, Liam, but I think that's what it comes down to. Um, and obviously... If you're reading an old grimoire, um, the chemical constituents of rosemary in the 90, you know, now compared to the 1700s or the uh, 1200s is going to be a completely different plant. Um, yeah. Well, you can, I mean, that's, that's one of the great mysteries. Herbal medicine, witches, remedies and such are great, fascinating mysteries because you don't know, A, whether they work, B, whether you're getting that information from that book, like that one I got, um, oh, I took it to the book club. Um, it was uh, published by Troy Books, and that was like some old index cards that have been published from a bunch of witches' formulas and stuff like that. Some of them are great, some of them not great. 
some of them, you know, is there's better remedies that are available. But then some of them are kind of like, oh, this is proper knowledge that's been passed down. And you, you really have to look at what's going on. So one of the latest things that I've got is a couple of people that have asked me to re basically to steal other people's formulas and tell them how to make it themselves cheaper. So I've got some anti-aging stuff and I've also got some arthritis creams and things like that that are ridiculously overpriced. Um, I will talk a little bit about these things in the Patreon because we've only literally got a minute left. So what I think that would be really good is obviously get yourselves on the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon if you haven't already because we'll talk a little bit further about this information. And I'll talk about going and stealing things from organisations. Corporate espionage, Chris. I've been uh, up to some corporate espionage, which I would imagine you've known from the email. But don't reveal publicly. We'll have to wait on the Patreon for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the places that I go, you talked about, obviously, uh, medical textbook. I think we've both got the same textbooks of... Um, Oh, what was it? The drugs as well, because the drugs that people get prescribed by the doctors, that's just fucking crazy-ass stuff that can interfere with things all the time. So it's important to have that. One of the ones that I don't hear referenced, which I find actually quite useful, is the Europeans, uh, the European Medicines Agency. So you can type in um, herbs and plants and things like that, and you'll come up with all of the different officially published articles on that which what they have investigated and will say yes there's research behind this no there's no research behind that or we're currently investigating this which is very much because they you know keep it up to date but it comes with herbal human and veterinary as well which is always quite interesting um but there we go that's it for the regular edition of the podcast we'll dive in uh head first after the break is there a break it's not really a break all right bye <laughs> right i don't know what i was get where i was going with that um but yeah so there's there's this one right here so the herbal remedy handbook yeah is written by two actual qualified herbalists did a degree in it and everything and they felt that you know a lot of these herbals they need to be updated so they've come up with their recipes and stuff like that I've gone on to cuts, grazes and wounds, and they've suggested obviously making healing creams and balms. Now, rather than go into, because there is a section on how to make a balm, but it just says, get this amount, get that amount of this, this amount of that, the other amount of that, and pour it together, basically, and boil it and that. Um, but basically, if you wanted to make a cut or graze wound balm thing, all you need to do is you need calendula, lavender, self-heal, St. John's wort, yarrow, comfrey. And that's it. And at no point does it actually say the quantities, nor does it say why you're picking those individual ones, nor does it say whether this would be good or bad for certain people. And neither does it actually explain like any level of detail realistically with farms and solves and stuff like that because there can be some dangers with making things like this and the form the, the type of medicine you're making whether it be a powder or you know a herbal soak baths and things like that or tinctures and things then they've got their pros and cons 
this is some kind of a salve. So that's going to mean that they're probably going to be using ghee and um, beeswax and stuff like that. And a lot of the time beeswax can often be used because it kind of creates a vapor barrier. So that's good. But also at the same time, it also keeps, if you've got bacteria, then that bacteria keeps that in the womb. So it's not really, yeah. it's one of these things that you, they don't go into enough detail to give people a basic understanding of each component part. Now lavender, they'll say lavender, oh well yeah, everyone knows what lavender is for. Lavender, yeah, it's a graze, it's a wound, we want to promote healing and stuff like that. Calendula, blah, blah, blah. Yarrow, well yarrow is probably one of the, probably the second strongest disinfectant that I'm aware of, mm -hmm. that I've personally used anyway, um, that does tend to get used as like a, fairly easily available thing but things like this i'd see that that is the sort of thing that you get in witchcrafty books make a herbal salve with calendula lavender self-heal saint john's what yarrow comfrey and it's kind of like well you're not giving me any more than that i need to really know a how to make a bomb and then whether i need to change any of these ingredients and also, am I using essential oils or am, am I just putting... Because I've seen people post bombs, right? And they've got... They like... It's like those fucking candles where they stick crystals and shit on the top. I've seen people that make bombs and things like that. And they've got all bits of crushed up that they sprinkle on the top. It's like, I'm not too sure you should really be putting that on the top of that. Because if that is supposed to be an actual bomb that you're supposed to be putting on a wound or something like that, you're literally yeah. scraping bits of shit off the top, crusty bits of, you know. I've started volunteering for Herbalists Without Borders, okay? Herbalists Without Borders is a charity where... I'll give you my reasons for going there because we're on the Patreon. But Herbalists Without Borders do great work. They take people such as illegal immigrants, homeless people, all that, and they help them with medical conditions using herbal medicine. So there's groups of volunteers that come together, I don't get paid, and we make medicine, grow herbs and plants and stuff like that. And basically there's various people, charities and stuff that, that dispense the medicine to these people that, you know, in the UK healthcare is free with the NHS and stuff, but still some people slip through the cracks. And this is a charity that aims to help people that slip through the cracks. Um, but they wouldn't put all of this gunky stuff on top because they want something that clinically works and isn't gonna, as they say, a, a big herbal quote that you're supposed to learn, I did on my herbalist course was, First, do no harm, <laughs> which is don't make the condition worse or exacerbate it or anything like that. Anyway, I could go on a massive rant. What I like about Herbalists Without Borders is that essentially you are given lab rats in the forms of illegal immigrants and such, which you get to experiment on and who you know will not sue you or people notice that they go missing if they suddenly die. So that would be one perspective of, you know, experimentation and stuff like that, which I thought was very fascinating to see that, okay, this organisation, charity, because I've worked, you know, and been made aware of certain charities and that, and they're up to no good sort of thing. I was thinking, oh, this herbalists thing, like, this seems like a very interesting, very grey area, exciting place to learn. 
and it does get me thinking sometimes like okay so if you did get a bunch of people to make some kind of self and they fucked it up and that then gets given to some homeless person who's liable for that would anyone even know and would anyone care and uh, my answer to that is probably no because I've learned a couple of things about the way some of these people actually produce some of these uh, things. For example, the herbalist workshop I went on, there was no herbalist there. <laughs> it was what? a person that likes cooking that was given a formula where half of it was crossed out and rewritten in pen. And then I was told, bearing in mind, I went in and I said, because this is my inv undercover investigation for Thoff. I was told... Uh, you ever done anything like this before made uh, you know remedies or attended any of our classes i said no I, i'm afraid i haven't and they said well there's a complicated one and there's a simple one but the simple one those two are doing would you like to do the complicated one i said yeah i'll do the complicated one so i was given this piece of paper which i've got a photograph of um and it's got like a formula type top on computer and then it's got a bunch of stuff crossed out and then a bunch of other stuff put in place in pen. And then I was told, well, get this, make it and triple everything on it because we need to make a little bit more. So just triple everything that's on it. And I was looking at it, I was thinking, this is very interesting. So you're asking me to make a bomb and solve and that that's going to be given to a bunch of people. And I've just been given a piece of paper and you've said, go and make it. I was like, what if I don't actually have a fucking clue what I'm doing? And they had all the apparatus and stuff out there. So I started doing it. I was I was actually working with a, an actual botanist, like a real life botanist, um, who'd studied it for years, um, who doesn't really make herbal remedies or anything like that. She didn't work there. She was just one of the people that turned up for a workshop. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she was mixing it and stuff like that. And we started doing the first section, put it on the oven, which they never told us to do. You know, it was just implied, oh, yeah, you would just put that all in that metal dish once you've weighed it and go and put it on the stove, obviously, to melt it. No, no one told us to do that, you know. And then she was, like, just about to add all the essential oils in, measuring off. And then the lady's like, yeah, you don't put the essential oils in yet. You're supposed to put them in after, because otherwise they'll burn away and all that kind of thing. And I was like... Yeah, I covered that, but I wasn't about to interrupt this other person from doing it or anything like that, because you're supposed to be teaching these people what's going on. And it was things like, at the end of it, it was like, I was like, oh, there's supposed to be some lavender for this. And she's like, oh, we haven't quite got enough lavender to stick in, just empty this bottle in. Or have you got enough comfrey oil? Yeah, we haven't got any comfrey oil. And I was kind of thinking... They're very nice, well-meaning people, but I could see the potential for things to go fucking horribly wrong. <laughs> what's what's that proverb? Something about monkeys? <laughs> no, about the road to disaster being... Oh, paper with good intentions. Yeah, that's the uh, one. Yeah. It was absolutely fascinating. And I asked to if I could I take some pictures obviously obviously not of the people but could I take some pictures what I actually meant to say basically that I didn't which I was saying in my head at the time was can I take pictures of all your formulas because I know you don't release them to the general public she's like 
yeah, would you like to take some pictures? You could take some pictures of the stove and that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Take some pictures of the stove, take some, go through the folder, snap, snap, snap. And then she said, would you like a tour of our, um, our, our, our room? I was like, oh, what room? She's like, oh, it's our store room is where we keep all of the things, is where we go and we have a chat in our meetings and that. I was like, oh, is that where you keep all of your medicines and stuff? She's like, oh yes. So she took me in the storeroom and I was like, oh, look, every single bottle and salve and everything that they all make was all on shelves. And of course, with herbal medicine, you have to put all the ingredients on there. And she's like, oh, I think I've left my my um, my phone in the other room. Just wait here. Don't touch anything. So I was like, oh, OK. And I thought, obviously, when she said to take pictures of everything, that clearly means that I'm allowed to take pictures of whatever I want. That's my interpretation. So I went around <laughs> every fucking bottle and everyone was like snapping pictures, snapped a picture of the bookshelf, see what books they had. They had a lovely big black uh, whiteboard with um, things that they were currently trying to formulate, which I thought was quite interesting, which stuff they've not actually done yet. And they had things like covid uh cough syrup and stuff like that so i was like oh i was like a, a kid in a in a in a candy store <laughs> taking <laughs> pictures of everything and then i asked her i was like you don't really re do you do you release any of this in books or anything like that she's like oh no they're all done by uh, professional herbalists come up with these and then they give them to us and and uh, we're trying to get some herbalists to do some formulation alterations and stuff like that. And I was thinking, this is very interesting that there's a Herbalist Without Borders charity which takes members of the public to make medicine that then gets given to random people and none of them are herbalists. And... But essentially, what you've walked into is the herbalist equivalent of a, a meth lab no it is it is though it is it, it, it literally is i think some meth labs like watching that um breaking bad thing okay they might have been doing it in an rv or like a caravan thing but like they were you know proper into knowing what they were doing and stuff like that this was fascinating because i thought it was going to be like going into like a pharmacy or something like that where yeah. it would be like oh yeah everything's perfectly done they had nice labels on everything and stuff like that but it was just like, I don't know, it was like, I thought I would either get on so well and do like a hostile takeover like you did with that thing up in Stourbridge, which I won't name. Um, I feel like I want to do that. I want to do a hostile takeover and just take over the drunk because I think that would be so good for the Thoth Empire, you know. But at the same time, I think if I was working with some of these people, I don't think I'd cope. Because no. I'd be like, yeah, this is like serious stuff. You're actually making medicine. People are going to be drinking this or putting this on them. And I was thinking like, this is all a bit... Anyway, I've gone off on a massive tangent, so I'm sorry about that. Where were we? It's fine. So <laughs> basically you're saying you've done some recceing for Project Asclepius, yes? Yes, I have. And I've taken lots of pictures and I'm writing them up and I'm also reverse engineering formulas and things for people um and um watch this space because no doubt there will be courses and things like that that come out where i'll give you all of the knowledge that i've obtained well what what i haven't mentioned to you liam which i'll mm -hmm. mention live because it's interesting and along the same vein i've been invited there's somebody that helps me out 
um in the archive yeah um and she is a qualified um herbalist she actually checks some of and tests some of the stuff for the whatever it's called royal uh aromatherapist society or royal herbalist whatever it is i can never remember which one but she does a lot of them which fills you with confidence because when you've got a couple of organization that are setting the standards that some generally is the first sign that this is all a bunch of unregulated stuff and a couple of people have banded together to make things look a little bit more formal you know well she she does a lot of the teaching test checking and the formula checking for um some of these organizations and she's offered for me to go and see her dispensary oh that's not fair so i'm hopefully going to go up and see her her dispensary when she's well um uh, because she's had a really nasty bout of covid um uh, a few and it's we're already in like week six um and she's still not back to normal she can she can kind of function for about two hours a day at the moment uh, um and then she literally sleeps the rest of the time um but yeah so i i get i've been invited to go and look at her dispensary that's very cool so anyway we've talked lots and lots about the ladies in the kitchen are we going they to talk are about the, the kitchen halls? witches they are your stereotypical kitchen witches um, are we going to talk about the whores in the bedroom whores in the bedroom so whores in the bedroom refers to what so kind of taking the kitchen a female female alistair crowley is what i'm thinking of there yeah basically making the the transition for those kitchen witches to kind of i'm i'm kind of thinking of aromatherapy and the candle making and the um imbuing energy into other things but not necessarily from a bodily function point of view, which you always go to. Right. So you're talking about um, basically taking a polish and a turd, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's where you wanted me to go, wasn't it? You didn't want me yeah. to go, but you, let, you lined it up because you knew that I would go there. So with the kitchen witches is basically i like to make a little bit of jam and if you're the sort of person that likes to make a little little bit of jam you're probably um you know uh getting on in years middle-aged or older white woman with a lot of time in their hands yeah and you like to make your jam and you probably know how to do it you've probably been raised in that kind of you know perspective from you know little cottage kitchen type thing those people i find make brilliant herbalists a lot of the time the new generation however and i don't mind this as in generation of age i mean generation of in witches types of witches that get into this sort of thing the new generation of correspondences and such it is a case of like pokemon gotta catch them all gotta get every herb on everything and have it in nicely labelled jars, but not really be able to give you anything other than a basic understanding of some correspondences for each one. And I think that the 
way that you're going to learn the most is through experience, funnily enough, practice. And I think that, yes, you can make a load of candles and learn how to make candles. You can make a load of bombs and things and, and know that. What I'm talking about is kind of like what you do when you go and train to be a herbalist, which is they expect clinical hours, clinical practice and stuff. And I think use your knowledge that you already have and try to find a project or projects that are needed. So I've got someone at the moment that's got terrible problems with rheumatoid arthritis. So they've gone through all the methotrexate. They've even gone through the uh, £1,500 injections where a nurse turns up in an armoured truck because the pharmacist is not allowed to actually carry these things in the pharmacy to that extent. And she's like, well, I've tried all of this and it works all right. But there's this one really interesting herbal cream that I've got from Australia that works a treat for it. But I can't import it, you know, and it's really expensive. And I was like, have you got one of these? And of course, they gave it to me. They gave me the empty pot. And I was like, I could whip some of this up. So I took the formula. That's what I'm doing. So I've got a project where I'm thinking I've got a serious person with a problem. What can I do to deal with it with this? Now, I'm not suggesting people run out and start trying to work on complicated conditions and things. But how many people do you know that are complaining about their skin? Complaining about, I don't know, a cold sore or um, a spot or an athlete's foot or that their hands get too cold in the winter or that they've been to the gym and they ache a little bit. All of these things, you need to think about these things as potential learning processes for you. So let's take possibly out of that the easiest and safest one, because we've already talked about that. The person at the gym that's probably healthy, they probably haven't got a lot wrong with them, that just wants a little bit of uh, help with recovery. So making some sort of muscle rub or, you know, joint ointment mm -hmm. or something like that. Something like that, if I was to say to the kitchen witch or the, you know, let's just say Wiccan, go and make me something that will help this person. We'll call the person Sheila. Sheila Nagig, right? Sheila Nagig, she goes on the cross trainer. She's not a pansy, so she also does the resistance training and does some squats and deadlifts and that. And does the yoga afterwards and the cool down and she, you know, she could do with a little bit of something because she's aching a lot following day at work. She works in an office, uh, selling insurance or something. Um, what could you do to help her? Now, a lot of people will go to the, oh, I'll just get whatever herbal I've got out and I'll just make what it says. But actually, if you were to take that seriously and think, how can I throw myself into this and see if I can deal with this issue? And you'd need to actually think about it. So it's no good necessarily just go into a standard formula. You need to maybe have a look at a couple of formulas, maybe to look, think about Sheila and her disposition and such, and then think about what's fucking cost effective. Because some of the crap that it tells you to get in these herbals, it's like, that's ridiculous. You're just going to go to bloody Boots Pharmacy and get something for the price of that, mm -hmm. you know? I ain't going to be making frankincense tincture. You know, I'm going to be using some fucking mouthwash I can get from the shop that's super cheap from Lidl, you know? I'm not going to be getting expensive frankincense tincture and sticking it in my mouth. 
it's like it's crazy so i'm thinking that maybe that would be i know we might have a witch wars at some point which involves something similar to this but it's that approach chris it's the approach of actually instead of trying to collect all of this information just take a situation a problem and try to overcome it and see what approaches you come up with for trying to overcome that problem and stick to a simple problem it could be your own problem it could be someone else's problem friend family whatever but then when you get some success think about what you've learned and then it's just a case of getting often i find more varies or variants of that same problem that's where you really learn so if you made this thing for sheila and a gig then what about brian did it not work for Brian? Why didn't it work for Brian? It's the same formula. And that's where we get into true herbalness and true herbal medicine and magic as well. Because are you adding magic to these things? Probably not, not necessarily. No, they wouldn't be because they get the correspondences. They've never met any of these plant allies. Lavender, who the fuck is that? And which lavender am I? Anyway, I don't know, so I'll get a bit of everyone or I'll just get whatever the apothecary's selling. And I'll say, yeah, that's fine. It might be French lavender. It might be English lavender. I don't know. Because the book just said lavender. Mm. Ooh. I think we've got like 10 minutes left. You should say something, you know? Because otherwise I'll rant. <laughs> you, you were, it was an interesting rant, so I let it happen. Um, no, the, uh, it's, it's one of those things where people want to be uh, particularly patreons want to be a master of everything don't they so mm. um which is i'm not dissing the method but you know a gp takes a long time to actually be a master of everything it's not just the training um knowing enough about enough subjects in order to make progression um and accurately diagnose is what we are often going for um as opposed to you know, you kind of fall into one of those two categories, don't you? You either want to be a GP or you want to be a consultant. Um, oh, I thought if you couldn't, if you weren't smart enough to be a consultant, they just made you a GP. I thought that that was what it was. No, that's not how it works, Liam. <laughs> that's what the consultants say. That's, of course, <laughs> what the consultants would say. But like I like to remind people... Um, and I think I used a particular Patreon as a meth as a example for this. Some people naturally go to the consultant route. And the problem with a consultant is they will always look for their specialism. It colours the, the direction in which they're looking. Um, so you go and see a gynecologist yeah. and they'll only look they'll only look in the direction that they're supposed to be looking. They're not going to suddenly go, oh, actually, that sounds like. Bear in mind, before they were a consultant, they would have been trained across a number of different um, specialisms, but they don't go looking in the brain unless it's a, and they'll go, oh no, you'll have to go and see a neurologist for that. Um, whereas actually, you need to be the smartest ones, need to really be the GPs, because they're the ones well, that have got you've, got to, you've got to intervene and you've got to send them in the right direction, which is yeah. to a certain extent what witches do. You know, professional witchcraft yeah. is very much a case of that. Realistically, clinical witchcraft, if there is such a thing, I don't know. I think we might coin that one. Clinical witchcraft. We might have to coin that one. 
yeah like what we do like what we do at the psychic fair well that is exactly what we do we kind of do the whole gp thing just with magic but sometimes people come to us with medical conditions as well i mean i don't know if you were to say what you specialize in what would that be i'd struggle to think i think the close i think the closest we get to is the mercury versus venus thing yeah don't we which is a case of kind of going actually it's more about methodology than it is necessarily specialism in terms of a part of craft Mm. um it's an approach thing um i know how you often remind people that the the agreement was i deal with the new ages um we did have that agreement i remember we did at the very beginning yeah that's not really the reality of the situation though is it you've you've grown tired and weary of the new age and that's what that that's what my mind says i'm I'm no more tired of them than i was four years ago liam well you could read that in many ways (laughs) (laughs) do you want the christians now is that what you'd prefer No. no you can stick with the new ages then I've I've dealt with my fair share of New Agers, to be fair, because we've more gone for North and South, haven't we? You do the North and I'll do the South. Yeah. Kind of our our online thing, which makes no sense, given that it's online, but there we go. So, but yeah, whereas actually, in reality, um, we do most things together anyway. But the... If you were to say a specialism, uh, I don't know if I would say there was a specific one for either of us, really. I think it does go down to methodology. Um, If you've got the slightly more Venusian person, then obviously they gravitate towards my method of of working. Um, I think we're both very good at moulding our approach to the person, though, and that's what you don't really get with a lot of people they don't mold themselves to the person they force the person to take them their own approach which we don't tend to go down that route um, i think it's why we're at the point where we don't really separate we don't kind of go oh well th- i'm going to take this one you're going to take that one because actually if we did we probably would push more in that direction whereas literally pro- project on project by having us both there there is that kind of going well actually here's my opinion here's yours um and they've got the the benefit of going in both directions or neither direction um whenever whenever they speak to us i guess um so i I don't know i'd struggle to say a specialism really um if you were to go down the herbalist route so imagine you did become a herbalist as a career because a lot of herbalists will often specialize as well and i do see it's a bad problem but i'm seeing a lot more with this whole wellness thing but there's the yoga teachers and then there's the personal trainers and then there's the dietitians and then there's the herbalists and then there's the therapists and the counsellors and that all of these things really need to be linked together for a holistic approach but all of these people that seem to be talking holistic don't seem to be doing that they just tend to be just doing one thing and call it a holistic approach 
which fucking drives me crazy. But that's what Project Escapist is about. So, mm. what about your but... specialism for herbalism and herbal medicine and basically illnesses and stuff like that? Is there anything that you find fascinating? that would be the thing that you'd be like drawing because people you draw people towards you don't you when you know a lot about i suppose i suppose from you if we go again firstly methodology wise i think what tends to happen is you will always go towards the kind of tincture potion method whereas Mm. for me i'm very kind of it's tea or smoke like i don't know know what that means (laughs) but essentially that kind of incensey slightly mm. i think again it comes down to the the mercury venus separation mm. i want the whole item whereas you will go well actually i just want to extract the things that i want to use well no what is even worse than that because it's like for me because i like spagyrics and alchemy so for me it's like I want the whole item, but the whole item is not enough. I've got to take it apart and then I've got to re-put it back all together again because that's the sort of person I am. It's got to be a formula and it's got to have a nice science and working out and diagrams and stuff like that for me to be happy. Whereas I still want want the beauty of the original thing. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, it's the one I kind of want to use something in its entire... If I use something in its entirety... Um, I'm using every aspect, but I'm not going to necessarily put them together. I'll, you know, use its roots over this place, the the leaves over there, and then the flowers over there, kind of separate in that way. And then I think on a on a specification point of view, um, I like the kind of which is where I kind of lean more towards your direction again. Is from a pharmaceutical point of view, uh-huh. I'm interested in actually specializing in a few specific and i'd probably go constitutionally Mm. i think of mine it would be uh you know diabetes mental health kind of bowel like that kind of center line um whereas you would probably end up we going with the outer ones like skin um muscular to deal with most i tell you what what i tend to deal with most is mental health but i think that's just because i tend to condense things into making it super simple for people to understand and see what they need to do like little baby steps i'm good with that so that's what people tend to gravitate towards me with i like the manufacturing process of herbal medicine you see i don't care about helping people I'm interested in making shit. So for me, like the potions thing is very much up my street. And for the holistic approach, I like holistic approach because I like a puzzle. And it's never as simple as what the person's coming to you for. And if you want to be really good at herbalism, I think that is what you need to have. You need to always be thinking, it's not as simple as the fact that they're that person's back aches or it's not as simple as the fact that that person can't mm. sleep at night there is a whole mystery that needs to be you know solved and that's what you get with proper holistic medicine um have you got anything else you'd like to add before we go no i think we'll leave it there i think i think ultimately we are both very kind of holistic in the true sense in mm. that we want to know the whole picture and fix it 
Um, and I think one of those, to kind of pick back up what you said before, at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to is people like the word holistic. Yeah. Like people like the word pagan. Yeah. In the sense that it means not that. So, you know, people use the word pagan to mean not Christian. And I think they use the word holistic to mean non-Western medicine. Um, and actually, you know, the one of the biggest parts of that history of Western medicine is those herbals. And we still go back to them all the time. Um, the difference is we don't we don't treat holistically anymore. Um, kind of Western medicine is all about the specifics. I'll deal with that problem, then this problem's going to come up and I'll deal with that problem rather than treating it as holistically. Um, I think we are moving back in that direction, but we're not quite there yet. As a format, we talk about how magic has not progressed on much from Agrippa. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering when it comes to herbal medicine, as a format, have we moved on much from Culpepper? Probably not. <laughs> Because the books look very similar. They do. They do. <laughs> but there we go. That is it for this edition of the No Holes Barred Witchcraft podcast. Good luck and goodbye.